You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever podcasts are sold and distributed. You can find the Locked on Packers podcast, the podcast for fans who already know what happened they want to know why and how. And anytime you want to hit us up at the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that at 920-341-3775. And today is going to be a lot about your questions because there were a ton of them. Because yesterday was trade deadline day and Green Bay made two pretty important moves in the grand scheme of things for this team and for different reasons. The first is, of course, they traded Ty Montgomery for a seventh-round pick, a conditional pick to the Baltimore Ravens, and they traded HaHa Clinton Dix for a fourth-round pick to Washington. We are going to discuss both of those trades in depth, how they affect this team, what they mean, why they happened, all of that stuff, and and you got very into the trade deadline. There were I got a lot of texts. I got a lot of voicemails, so we're going to play those today and, and use them as a guidepost throughout the podcast because I want to I want to give you a show that answers the questions that you have. Let's start here with Corey from Minnesota. I asked on Monday if the Packers could get a seventh round draft pick for Ty Montgomery. Nailed it. Can I be a guest contributor on the show now? Um, well, no. Uh, that's not in the budget. Sorry. But Corey did nail it. And I, I frankly thought had they tried to deal Ty Montgomery. Let's say Montgomery takes that knee on Sunday and the Baltimore Ravens call and say, can we get Ty Montgomery? The Packers probably could have pried away a sixth or fifth round pick. He probably had that type of value. And part of that is because Green Bay didn't have a lot of leverage here. Not only is he really their third string running back and kick returner, but it was a player that other teams knew they wanted to deal. It was a, a player that other teams knew the Packers did not want to have on their team for myriad reasons, not the least of which were, you know, trust related, whether he could trust his teammates and coaches, whether they could trust him. And I look, I wrote about it, Frank Packing Company. The best move for this team was to trade Ty Montgomery. And I don't know that it's addition by subtraction. But I do think what this does is it frees up Mike McCarthy. And I, I saw uh, one of the Packers beat writers tweeted this, and I, I don't remember which one. I apologize. But they said sometimes the front office needs to take a player away from the coach. And I think that was the case here because they wanted to get Ty Montgomery in the game. He was a a valuable piece and a, a matchup problem on linebackers and safeties when they would split him out wide. They just didn't, this offense is not built for him. And he showed that he had some dynamic ability. Clearly his pass catching ability is a thing. And so hopefully 
the Ravens can find some use for him. I would think that he would get a lot of targets, especially in that offense. And whether that's out of the backfield, playing in the slot, whatever it is, they love to throw to running backs, love to throw to tight ends. So we'll see if they're able to find ways to get Ty Montgomery involved. But he's a free agent in the offseason. And so you hope for his sake that he can find a team where he can be helpful. For the Packers, though, I think what you'll see is Aaron Jones, more snaps, more carries, which is what you want if you're a Packers fan. And that means less having to balance so many players. I think there is, this is something that happens in basketball sometimes. When you have so many talented guys and guys who believe they should be getting the ball, it can be hard to juggle everyone getting their shots. And Mike McCarthy, I think, was trying a little too much to give everyone their shots from a running back standpoint without really doing it the right way. And part of this is McCarthy's fault. I think they're they're probably a more uh, adaptive offensive coach would have been able to find ways to get these guys in situations that that maximize their abilities. That's not the coach Green Bay has. And that's that's fine in this case because Aaron Jones is so good and so well-suited to be an every-down back. You have to get creative when you don't have the talent. I mean, you don't see the Pittsburgh Steelers when they have Le'Veon Bell trying to do weird stuff with Le'Veon Bell. They just say, you're going to do the thing, and you're going to be really good at it. Todd Gurley doesn't do anything that weird in the Rams' offense. He's just really good. My dad texted me. He was at the game on Sunday, and he said, you know, Todd Gurley gets to play the whole game. Why doesn't Aaron Jones? And I think that's a good point. Uh, Aaron Jones is going to get that opportunity more. And here's something that I hadn't considered, and this is this is a message I got from Anthony in Santa Clarita, California. Hello, Peter. What's happening? Hey, Peter, what's happening? Do you think the McCarthy will sometimes use Cobb in the backfield again in addition to the slot to have a true pass catcher out in the backfield to replace Montgomery with the emergence of our rookie receivers? This is an idea I hadn't thought of but that I love. And, and Green Bay did use a little bit of Cobb in the backfield early in the season. They had him on a on a running back seam route when he was playing in the backfield and they didn't throw it, but it was there. And I think you could see that again. Mike McCarthy was apparently not willing to do some of that stuff with Ty Montgomery, but has been willing to do it with Randall Cobb. If he is not going to get as many opportunities in the passing game strictly as a receiver, then put him in the backfield and do some creative things with him. If that if that's what it takes for Mike McCarthy to get creative, then in some ways this is a dual win for the Packers because they're getting rid of a player that they didn't really have any use for who really could not have returned to this locker room with any sort of uh, confidence from his teammates. It seemed like this relationship needed to be severed. But if it also meant Mike McCarthy opening up the playbook for Randall Cobb, finding ways to get the ball in the hands of his playmakers in ways that he didn't before. And I do think that that is, that is here for this team. And they did play a couple snaps um, against San Francisco where Jones and, and Cobb were on the field at the same time. I think we could see that again. I would love to see that more. But just Cobb in the backfield straight up and three receivers plus Jimmy Graham That would be a great no-huddle group as a change of pace and say, okay, how are you going to play this? Because the Packers can hand the ball to Randall Cobb in that situation. They can 
run the ball with him. So that would be a, a really interesting wrinkle to this team. And and I know that Packer fans are going to roll their eyes, but they've done it. They've done it this year. Mike McCarthy has done this before with Randall Cobb. So don't say he's not, he won't do it. Oh, Mike McCarthy. Oh, we don't have a coach who does that. That's BS. They do. He's done it. They've done it before. They did it this year. So don't say it's impossible. It's not impossible. It's already happened. So the the big picture story here is not only does this mean Aaron Jones slides into a bigger role, which is a net positive for this team, it unmuddies the water at the running back position and also creates a pathway to continue to find ways to get Randall Cobb the ball in the midst of the emergence of Marquez Valdez-Scanling and Equinemius St. Brown, which means this team is getting closer and closer to maximizing the talents, the estimable talents, the, the really impressive overall skill that is in this skill position. This, this group puts the skill in skill position players. This is perhaps the deepest group of skill players they've had since you know, those, those prime 2010, 2011 teams that didn't have any running backs, but they had Jordy Nelson, Jermichael Finley, Donald Driver, James Jones, Greg Jennings, all of those incredible receivers. That's not quite here, but when you add the running backs and Jimmy Graham at tight end, it's, it's gotta be close in terms of sheer talent. And this move, it's weird to say it, but it is in some ways addition by subtraction because it clarifies the photo. And that is what Green Bay needed. That is what they got. And this could be a blessing for the Packers and Ty Montgomery moving forward. This is the rare pro sports win-win. And speaking of winning, if you want to put money down and win cash fast, the place to do it is my bookie. They've been in business for years, and that matters when it comes to picking a place to put down your hard-earned cash on a bet or any betting site. You have to do your research, and that's the thing about MyBookie. They've got great online reviews. The mobile site is easy to use. Once you go on, you will see why so many people have picked MyBookie, and right now, Just to prove that point, MyBookie is so slammed with new bettors. They want to give everyone the best customer service possible. So if you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they'll give you an additional $25 in free play on deposits over $100. Join now and MyBookie will match your first deposit dollar for dollar when you use the promo code LOCKEDON25. That's LOCKEDON25 to get that dollar for dollar deposit bonus up to $1,000. And if you you put more than $100 in that first deposit. They'll also give you that $25 in free play if you deposit after 7 p.m. That's promo code LOCKEDON25 to get that $25 free dollars in addition to that dollar-for-dollar deposit bonus. No matter when you deposit, you will get that deposit bonus because at MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. All right, you guys made this really easy because I, I was going to go through this bit by bit, and I I understand that there's a lot of facets to this haha Clinton Dix trade, and you guys asked about pretty much all of them. So let's start with the mechanics of the trade, and that and that means the compensation. The Packers get a fourth round pick 
for Clinton Dix. And I know that 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 was puzzling for some people. Now, it's not puzzling for me because, frankly, I don't think HaHa Clinton Dix is uh, a player that is worth a day one pick or a day two pick. I think they've made that pretty clear. Earl Thomas is the best safety in football, and, and the Cowboys wouldn't even give up a second to get him. That is just where the value of the safety market is right now. But here's Sam from Boston asking what I think is a fair question. Hey, Peter. This is Sam from Boston. Love the show. My question for you is, did the Packers get fair compensation for the Ha Ha Clinton Dix trade? Now, I, like many Packers fans, am having a hard time swallowing the fact that Ha Ha, a former first-round pick and a former pro bowler, is only worth a fourth-round draft pick. And it makes it even harder when you're seeing guys like Amari Cooper go for a first um, and Dante Fowler go for a third and a fifth. It just is so hard for me to believe that Ha Ha, who is, arguably more proven than those guys, is only worth a fourth-round pick. Just looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Thanks, man. So this is the thing, right? The Amari Cooper trade, I think, threw off the whole market because Dallas way overpaid for Amari Cooper. And there's no way I would have given up a first-round pick for him. I just don't think he's worth it. And so you say, well, shouldn't HaHa Clinton Dix be worth more? And the answer is just frankly, no, he shouldn't. Uh, he he went to a Pro Bowl, that is true. But I tweeted this out yesterday. There there can be no revisionist history on the kind of player HaHa Clinton Dix was and is. He is an athletically limited, inconsistent safety who has at times flashed. He has made some splash plays. He has also been wildly inconsistent. He's a bad tackler, takes bad angles, and is not a leader in the locker room, which is what you want from at least one of your defensive backs. He was supposed to be that guy as a free safety and the guy who was calling the defense. That never happened. That never materialized. In fact, he called out management for a lack of leadership, showing no leadership in the process, and then openly griped about the fact that he thought he was going to be leaving town at the end of the year. Well, surprise, you're leaving town in the middle of the year. I thought the Rams overpaid for Dante Fowler, a third and a fifth for a guy that they're going to get for eight games and then have to pay in the offseason. He's not a, a great pass rusher. So what are you giving up a high pick for? I don't understand that. That was an overpay. And then you look around and you say, well, what's the deal? All these other teams made moves. Okay, cool. How many of those guys were players the Packers needed and would have given up the necessary compensation to get. They don't need Demarius Thomas. They don't need Golden Tate. They have really good receivers. It's not worth, the value is not worth Green Bay giving up a third round pick to get those guys. And we don't know that any other players out there that weren't dealt were were available at a rate that was reasonable. But so I think this is another important piece here. The thing about free agents and, and Dante Fowler is going to be a free agent. Landon Collins, I think one of the big reasons he wasn't dealt is, number one, the Giants were asking too much. And number two, he's going to be a free agent this offseason, and he's going to want to get paid. So how much are you willing to give up a second-round pick for a guy that you don't even know is going to stay in your locker room beyond January? That's a lot to ask. One of the reasons you do this now if you're Green Bay is you look around and you say, we're not going to keep this guy. And if we're going to spend in the offseason, this offseason, the 2019 offseason, 
that's going to screw up our compensatory pick formula. So even if Clinton Dix signs a nice contract, and I am dubious that that is going to happen, then if we sign guys too, we're not going to get anything of value in return for this player that we don't think is that good. And so if you don't think he's that good, then why are you worried about trading him in the middle of the season? You must think that you can get something close to his production from these other guys, from from whoever is going to take over. And we don't know who that is yet. So when Chris from Ohio asks this question. Hey, Peter. Chris from Dayton, Ohio. Just got the news about HaHa being traded to Washington. I was wondering if you could explain how the compensatory picks work because I feel like if Green Bay would have just kept him for the rest of the year, they would have probably gotten a compensatory pick around fourth or even better. So it really doesn't make sense unless there's something I'm not understanding where teams will still get compensatory picks even if they trade away a player. If you could help me understand that, I would appreciate it. Go Pack. So that's the rub for the Packers. It is it is the case that if he walks in the offseason, they could get a compensatory pick for him. But if you are going to go out and sign, let's say they want to go out and sign Brandon Graham. Let's say they want to go out and sign Landon Collins or Earl Thomas. Then that com- the compensatory formula takes into account money spent and money out the door. So if HaHa Clinton Dick signs... A, let's say he signs a four-year, $24 million deal. And the Packers sign Landon Collins to a four-year, $24 million deal. There's no comp pick because they have brought in players in addition to letting players walk out the door. Compensatory picks are only to compensate a team who lets a player go and gets nothing in return. So it is not designed that if for you to let someone go and then sign someone to replace them. That's not what the compensatory pick is for. So what Green Bay has done is said, we're going to fast track that process. We're going to guarantee ourselves a fourth round pick and free our, and that's a, that's a pick that we're going to get right away. And we're going to free ourselves up to go spend in the off season. And we're going to get value in return for a player that was not part of our long-term future that we don't think is very, is very good, frankly or at least very consistent, and certainly is not part of the long-term plan. So if HaHa Clinton-Dix is not part of the long-term plan, who is? And this is the question Sean D. from Illinois asks, who's going to play safety now with HaHa Clinton-Dix out of town? This is the question. Tim from Milwaukee has some ideas. Hey, Peter, what's happening? Tim from Milwaukee checking in. Oh, my goodness. Super happy, super excited. And I just want to start um, a small petition here with the Lockdown Packers podcast. Can we just, like, collect signatures to see if we can get Tremont Williams moved to free safety and we just lean on Jair Alexander and Kevin King at the corners combined with the other talent that we already have in the secondary and we march on into the playoffs? What do you guys think? Can Tremont Williams make that transition? I think he can. At this point in his career, in the playing shape that he's in, I think very easily he could make an adjustment and play at the safety spot for Green Bay. I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Thanks. 
So let me let me put it this way. So Tremont Williams is the popular name that's been out there, and we've talked about that on this show, that he's played safety for Mike Pettin before. According to him, he graded out as one of the better safeties in the league when he did that. I think that's a great option. You trust a veteran to be in the right place at the right time. Green Bay really just needs a right place, right time safety there. They don't need anything special because these corners are so talented and Mike Patton is so adept at creating pressure with with his blitz looks, plus Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels are game wreckers. You just need a guy to do his job. A just do-your-job guy works. Can Jermaine Whitehead be a do-your-job guy? We'll see. If he can't, look, Josh Jones is going to get more looks anyway because Mike Patton is still going to play three safeties. And in some ways, the the Clinton-Dix trade is a de facto uh, understanding that Josh Jones needs to play more or at least deserves an opportunity to play more. If Jermaine Whitehead can't get the job done, I think the move is Tremont Williams. You start there. But I would also love to see Josh Jackson in that role. I've said that before. I think he is the most suited. I know Bashad Breeland has been brought up because he's a bigger guy. But I don't know why they signed him to play corner with Devon House going down. He's a great press man. Not a great. He's a, he's a good press man corner. Josh Jackson isn't right now. He's a better zone corner. His ball skills, his instincts, his ability to read the quarterback's eyes, to recognize route combinations, those are his skills. Well, those are skills you need as a safety. So I think you're going to see him at times. He's already been out there covering tight ends. I think he is the Gronk elixir this week. And he is going to get opportunities at safety as well. We don't know the answer is really the, the short answer to this question. I hope Mike Pettin does. He must, or I don't think they would have made this deal. He has to have some idea or some ideas. On the road against Tom Brady is not the best time to break out some of those ideas. But we'll see because Pettin is a smart coach. I think he is a good evaluator of his own talent and understanding who is good in what positions and and what skill sets they possess and how to put them in positions to succeed. So let's see what he does with the roster that they have currently. And if you want to look like you play free safety for the Green Bay Packers, you need to know about Lokai. Lokai is a partner with the Green Bay Packers. They, that's what you see, those bracelets on the wrists of Packers. Those are Lokai bracelets. And if you need a little extra swag for game day, Lokai has got you covered with their new game day collection. The thing about Lokai bracelets is it's more than just team spirit. It's about balance because each bracelet holds a little bit of water from Mount Everest, the highest point on earth, and mud from the Dead Sea, the lowest point on earth. It's a daily reminder to keep balance in life between the highs and the lows. And since Loci, our friends of the show, they're offering you an exclusive discount, 25% off all game day collection bracelets when you use the promo code PACKERS25. So go to loci.com and use the promo code PACKERS25 to take advantage of this exclusive offer. All right, I want to wrap up our trade deadline show with with this question from Eric because it sort of brings everything together, brings it all home. Hey, Peter, what's happening? This is Eric calling from Corvallis, Oregon. I've read a couple takes from people saying that the Packers are not a better team after trading Montgomery and Clinton Dix. However, is it possible as a locker room that they are in a better place considering the different circumstances surrounding both players, which in turn 
makes them a better team the rest of the way. I'd like to get your thoughts. And as always, I'll stay locked on Packers. I can't speak directly to what I think the locker room is going to be. But what I think is true is HaHa Clinton Dix was not playing disciplined. And I think the contract that he spoke openly about was a reason why. And Ty Montgomery was frustrated with his touches and was forcing things because of it. And so when you take those things, Clinton Dix was freelancing and trying to make plays because he wanted to get a big contract. That is not what you want your last line of defense defender to be doing. You don't want, with two minutes left on the road against the best team in football, a guy who is frustrated about his carries taking the ball out of the end zone or making a decision about taking the ball out of the end zone. So uh, is it addition by subtraction? Is the locker room better? I think in some ways, yes. Because you're going to have guys in there fighting for their lives, fighting for their livelihood, but not worrying so much about every stat, about every rep. Because Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are now the clear guys. And then you're going to have some guys at safety fighting to make this team, fighting for reps, fighting for snaps, fighting to, to have a future in the secondary for the Green Bay Packers. And that kind of competitiveness is exactly what you want. I understand why some fans are going to be frustrated by the outcome here because the Packers didn't make a big splashy trade to get someone new. But look at the names that were out there and look at the names that were dealt. Green Bay was not in a position to go get anyone that could really turn the tide of their season at a reasonable price. Could Landon Collins have made this team better? Sure. Would that have been a huge risk at a huge price? Yeah, that's why no one else traded for him either. So it's not like, you know, bargain basement priced pass rushers who are going to be available at at a a low cost and a team is just going to throw them away. Those guys don't grow on trees. That's not a thing that happens. And although the safety position has been devalued in the league, that doesn't mean that you can just go get a good one for free. That's not how this works. Washington still had to give up a fourth-round pick to get HaHa Clinton-Dix, a player Green Bay had decided they don't have any more use for. So I don't think Packer fans should be upset that Green Bay didn't add any players. You look at the outcome Sunday. Green Bay went toe-to-toe with the best team in the league. HaHa Clinton-Dix gave up a critical touchdown in the red zone to Josh Reynolds on third down in the first half. And Ty Montgomery, we know what happened with him. If those guys are replaced by just replacement-level players, does Green Bay win Sunday? I mean, I think you could make a pretty good case. So why would they be worse? Why would they be worse after the trades that were made? I just don't think they are. All right, tomorrow, Crossover Wednesday has been pushed to Crossover Thursday after a crazy trade deadline day. So we have Locked On Patriots host Mark Schofield joining us on the show for a conversation about an underwhelming Patriots win on Monday and what this team is going to look like on Sunday night in an awesome primetime tilt with the Green Bay Packers. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can find all of our content at Facebook. You can subscribe to the show, rate us, leave a review that lets other people know you like the show. And if you want to hit us up, if you want to be a contributor 
Corey from Minnesota wanted to be a contributor on the show, and he was because he sent a note to the Locked On Packers fan hotline. You can do the same at 920-341-3775 to let me know and let everyone know how you are staying Locked On Packers.